Love Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastuitsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasalan. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadeth. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. Tune in to Sofa Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life, and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Soulful Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515 605 9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon.
Grand Rising, and thank you all for joining us on this Thursday edition of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, and we'll be joining Dr. Debbie Green as she gives us insight. What happens when we no longer want to live? How does the mind conceive such a thought? How does this thought become a plan and an action to be carried out? There are many factors involved in suicidal ideation. However, it's not spontaneous behavior. Every thought has a seed, a mental and emotional seed. Seeds have to be watered. In this case, fed mental energy to become an action or behavior. Join Dr. Debbie Green as we discuss this matter in full. In these cases, fear is the culprit. Come learn how the mind gets gripped with fear and does the unimaginable. It self-destructs. Suicide is one of the leading causes of death in the United States, and it leaves no answers. Suicide is one of the leading causes of death in the United States, and it leaves no answers and leaves voids in those left behind. Again, the culprit is fear. So we're going to join Dr. Debbie Green as she gives us some insight about the process that the mind goes through before making a decision to commit suicide. And if you have ever been suicidal, this is the show for you. And, of course, Dr. Debbie Green, who addresses suicide every day, has seen the patterns of behavior and has understood what happens in the mind as a person goes into self-destructive behavior. What do you do when you as an individual have reached the end of your rope? Are there signs? Sometimes a person leaves a suicide note and sometimes they don't. Sometimes family members have seen signs and sometimes they have not. It's not always easy to recover after a loved one has taken their own life. And sometimes those who are left behind are traumatized for life. And the trauma doesn't always just include family members. We've had some high-profile suicides. We've had people who are well-known celebrities, and we've had people who have been prominent figures whose suicide affected the entire nation. So how do we address suicide when we are 
the ones considering it. Who do we talk to? Often there's shame involved where people are afraid to speak. They're afraid to others know that they're in that point of despair, perhaps feeling that their life is worthless and they would be better off if they died. Well, this is not a subject that you can ignore, especially if you are feeling suicidal, feeling full of despair, feeling that no one cares. And sometimes people may give hints. They may make statements. They may even... Pardon me. They may even indicate that they're thinking about it. And often the people around them will wave it away. Oh, girl, you ain't going to do none of yourself. Oh, she just wants attention. Yeah, they, they may want attention. They may want you to talk them out of it. And many times after a suicide, people will remember that they had signs. People will remember that there was a be erratic behavior, maybe giving away your things, giving away your things to people who are not uh, aware that you're thinking of taking your life, and suddenly you're giving away your important, valuable assets. Uh, And one of the things and one of the things that people are able to do. Sometimes they're able to articulate that they are in distress emotionally, and sometimes they're not. Sometimes Sometimes it's possible Sometimes it's possible That we are able to Find out that they're under distress And sometimes it hits everyone by surprise One of the things that is difficult 
is when you are caught by surprise. And when you are caught by surprise, there is often there is often feelings of guilt. There's often feelings of guilt. Because people are unaware. Okay. Good morning, good morning, good morning. So much technology this morning. Yeah. All right. Okay. We're just going to keep on going uh, the best we can here. Okay. All right. Are we able to hear now? switch the lines for the the guest line uh at the at the at the break
get a grip on it. So you go to the doctor. You they prescribe you some medication for you know antidepressant anxiety. But then that still just takes the damper off of it. It still doesn't remove it. The pain is still there. Again, you keep living. You keep moving. You keep going through. Not, you know, because you know you have to live. And you may even have a family. You got, you know, and a lot of times people have families and they don't over, they don't even express what they feel to their families. Now, I have a question about that. People don't even know the history. Well, I have a question about that because one of the things that a lot of people do with like somebody starts to say things like, uh, you know, I don't even know if I want to live anymore or, you know, I wonder what would happen if, if I die tomorrow or, uh, you know, I wonder if people would come to my funeral. I mean, people start to say things when they're in that state of depression and I had I had a friend who recently, you know, was telling me about a friend of hers that would say things like that, and she said, oh, "Holly girl just wants attention." But yeah, I, I'm sure if a person is at that level of depression, they do want attention. Maybe they want somebody to talk them out of it, you know. And and, and my friend was saying, "Oh, well, you know, people who are really going to commit suicide, they don't even talk about it. They just do it." You know, I'm like, "Okay, but what if what if what if this person is reaching out to you or giving you hints?" that they need you to reassure that that life is worth living or that you care or something. You know, I just, I thought her response was based on the myth that, you know, yeah, it was insensitive and just the idea that people who are going to commit suicide never talk about it, they just do it. And people who talk about it, they just want attention. But are, are there signs that people give when they are, in such a state of depression that they're thinking of taking their own life, that people should look for? And if someone does indicate that they're thinking about it, what is a more appropriate way to respond? Well, the signs that when a person is giving up, you have to first know the history of that person. If that person, again, has suffered any type of trauma in their life, severe trauma, trauma is mild, moderate, or severe, severe trauma, uh, and has spouse of depression and anxiety at an early age um, and have not received or have even received some type of help, uh, they show signs of what they call lack of communication, uh, early symptoms of mental illness, um, as well as where they start shutting down very easily. Um, People that that have a fear-based mindset are more more seduced, I say seduced, I have to say that word, to life pressures mm-hmm. where they cannot fumble through, they can't decipher, they can't weed through it, and it becomes a serious situation. Uh, people who have never had that giving up syndrome, because everyone has, we have given up on a lot of things in life, you know, and I mean, most people that suffer with suicide say, Oh, I can't take this anymore. How many times most people are saying that I can't go on like this? Yeah, a lot of times. We've all said it. Yeah. You know, we have said that many times, okay? So so those are thoughts where you, you're ready to end something, but it's still going on. So in a person's mind with suicide, ideation, and we call it ideation, 
nation because these are ideas. Ideas are either, again, mild, moderate, or severe. You can have passive suicide ideation. What if I didn't wake up tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a passive suicide ideation, right? And the person may say, you know, I'm tired of this. I can't take this anymore. I'm at my ends with this. You know, I'm tired of going through this. This is never ending. I can't catch a break. Okay? Those those are passive SIs. And we all say things like that. It says, but see, what, what happens when it changes? So a person that listens and hears that and thinks minimally of that, I guess because I'm a clinician, I don't think minimally of that. So when someone says that to me, I ask them a question. I say, well, okay, you know, what are you feeling? Do you feel safe? Do you feel safe? Do you feel safe mentally? Do you feel safe, you know, emotionally? Do you feel safe? And they may say, no, I don't. Okay, all right. Now we got an issue. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't feel safe, that means that you're looking, you're going to look for an escape. You're going to look for escape. First, one looks for an escape mentally. That's why the levels of mental death starts in the mind. So they can't seem to get, you know, escape mentally. You say, what does that mean? That means I'm trying to distract myself so that I can make a better decision or trying to find some way out of what I'm thinking. You see what I'm saying? I want this thing to end. I don't want it to keep keep going on. It could be a broken relationship. It could say, okay, when, when people are in relationships and they are fragile, fragile. Fragility is one of those areas of suicide ideation. When you're fragile, fragile means that you're sensitive. You're more sensitive than most to life. When things start to happen, you feel you feel attacked. You feel like a caged-in animal. Okay, now we got an issue. Mm-hmm. That means you don't you no longer feel safe. So to answer your question, most people who hear someone say that, they say, Oh no, they're not gonna do nothing, they're just talking. Well, the thing about this is one can take a chance and just assume that that they're just talking. But the thing about it, they don't again they don't make themselves present, like, okay, do you feel safe? Are you okay? No, I don't feel safe. I'm, I'm losing. I'm, I'm about to fall apart, and I don't know what to do. Okay, that person needs to talk to someone. You know, they're they are, they're, they're contemplating. That's yeah. And, and you know, not everybody, not a, not everybody has the skill of being a, uh, a a listening ear for someone. I mean, I have some friends that you know might know how to say some comforting comforting things, I have other friends I would never go to with a problem because they'll say the worst things. You know, they, <laughs> they're, the, they're the kind of person that make you go and jump out of a window. I mean, they just, they don't know how to be comforting. They don't, because they think, and maybe they were raised this way, oh, you know, you got to give people tough love. You know, it's like, yeah, he left you, so what? I mean, you know, well, you know, uh, you know, get over it. You know, that I mean, you know, saying things like that, which aren't helpful, uh, they may feel like they are. Or, yeah, they fired you. You lost your job. You're about to lose your home. Well, you know, you'll be all right. You know, I mean, you know, people that, that really 
believe that what they're saying is helpful or going to make you tougher, they're not the kind of people that, you know, one should talk to if they're really feeling down. And, you know, I've I've even heard people say things like, I'm not babying these people, you know, they, they complaining all the time. You know, when somebody's coming to them with a problem, and because maybe that's how they were raised, maybe that's how their parents responded to them when they were in pain, it's kind of like, oh, toughen up, you know. So they just feel like the best way to deal with somebody who's going through an emotional crisis is to just tell them, tough it up, you know, just, just hey, you, you get over it. And these are probably not the people that one should go to when one is in emotional distress and needing some type of nurturing. That's my thought. But I don't know if others have been through situations where they really were at their wits' end, you know, <laughs> about to, you know, jump out of a, a, a 50-story building window or, or take a bottle of pills and call it the, the end. You know, I don't know if people have been in that situation and then had someone use that tough love kind of approach and it worked. I don't know if, if it's ever worked. To me, it seems real insensitive and... I, I don't know if people know that they're not helpful in that approach because that might have been what they think they should do if someone comes to them with a problem who's in distress. Um, I know we got to take a break, uh, but maybe when we come back you can address ways to respond to somebody, even if somebody's not a, a counselor or, or a professional, but just as a friend, if a friend comes to you with serious emotional distress, what is a helpful way to respond if they indicate they might be considering suicide or might just really be at that point where they could do something self-destructive because they just want the pain to end? So what do you say to them? So. Well, we'll be right back after this quick break. And if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, 515-605-9325, and press 1 so that we know you have something to say. And have you ever been at your wit's end where you've actually considered suicide? And what happened? We'll be right back after this quick break, so stay with us. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection, and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Everything you need, what your body needs, is found in nature. So Susan Essentials doesn't do it any other way. 
Susan Essentials provides your employees and individuals access to over 20,000 nutritional products, and they are shipped direct to your door. Because Susan Essentials is certified in plant-based healing, we're permitted to offer you the best nutritional supplements on the planet. They're non-GMO and sustainably produced, and we take the guesswork out for you. Let Susan Essentials help you take control of your health today. Do you worry about finances, family, health, job, relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down-to-earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul. Whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, Go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit zeldaspeaks.com. In to Sofa Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Sofa Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. Hey, it's time to take charge of your health. I'm Viata, your holistic life coach, and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I'm here on The Female Solution to empower you to make choices that will assist your evolution to abundant health. I'm also blogging every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at Soul Purpose Healing where I bring you a spiritual chiropractic adjustment to bring you back into alignment with our Creator's love, compassion, and wisdom. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and Sunday evening at 8 p.m. for a time of unity, enlightenment, and love vibration. Shalom.
Oh, man. God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out, and we're sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456, and schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456. What happens when a group of people are kidnapped from their homes, smuggled away in chains, and held captive in a foreign land where they are tortured, raped, and forced to perform hard labor by the lash of a whip and under the constant threat of death. Slavery, the African-American psychic trauma. What happened to the doctors, writers, scientists, builders, educators, and spiritual leaders from Africa's golden age? Who did they really capture and sell into slavery? Are all African-Americans suffering from psychic trauma? because of a conspiracy to hide their true identities? Do you have psychic trauma? Take the test on page 22 of the book and see. Order it online today at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com and get your personally autographed copy of the book, Slavery, the African American Psychic Trauma. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve a peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. Susan Essentials leads you to wellness by giving you access to more than 20,000 sustainably produced nutritional products delivered direct to your door. Susan Essentials is re-engineering what health looks like by leading you to the best wellness initiatives in the world. Start your coaching plan today and create a new paradigm of health. Click here to learn more.
Jody Susan of Susan Essentials is certified by the number one functional medicine doctor on plant-based healing essential oils, which are revolutionizing the way we manage our well-being. Schedule today to take control of your health. I'm Viata, your holistic life coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com, where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com, and I'm Viato. about finances, family, health, jobs, relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down to earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul. Whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit zeldaspeaks.com. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve a peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580- 1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. We are a part of the online network of associated internet radio hosts. On Air. On Air empowers you with transformative news and interactive radio TV shows. 
This is such a wonderful time to be alive and to see our human family coming together as one community as a result of that powerful tool, the Internet. We can now talk directly to each other all over the world. There's no need for conflict or misunderstanding. There's no need for violence to solve our differences. We can talk to each other face-to-face until we reach an agreement. On Air offers a fantastic global guide to communicators from all over the world who are using their Internet platforms to inspire us to strive to be our best selves in order to become the kind, compassionate, loving people we were all born to be. Once we do that, we'll see planet Earth transformed into a place of peace. Subscribe to the recommended YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and podcasts created by these Voices of Enlightenment. On Air provides daily news briefs and a weekly magazine to keep you abreast of events and opportunities. On Air news affiliates in television, radio, and print share information, insight, and interviews with notable personalities. Go to onaireverywhere.com for a daily dose of uplifting news. We're on air everywhere, online all the time.
are there ways that people in their lives that they intend to hurt those who they leave behind? Like, oh, he, he divorced me and he cheated on me. He'll be sorry he did that when he finds that I'm dead. You know, that kind of thing. I don't know. What are pe- Do people tend to have thoughts of how is their death going to impact the ones they leave behind, or are they at that point just so disconnected they just want to leave and they don't care? And they're irrational. Exactly. So, so I, I have a question, and she mentioned the drugs that suicidal tendencies is a is a is a side effect 
which means there has to be something in the drug that's a depressant or something. What is actually happening in the brain? What what chemicals in the brain are triggered that would depress a person to the point where they would be susceptible to suicidal thoughts? And a lot of times, you know, you you look at you listen to these advertisements for these these medications and you know, they kind of rush through the side effects real quick, you know, and, you know, may have suicidal thoughts, you know. I mean, stuff like that, and, <laughs> and you're supposed to ignore that. Well, at least I won't have a headache, you know. I mean, <laughs> so obviously there's something in the brain chemistry that is triggered by a drug that brings you to such a state of depression that you can – your mood is affected, your rationale is affected, your thoughts are affected, and you could then feel so sad that you would want to end your life. Is there a particular brain chemistry that is being triggered by certain drugs that could lead to that suicidal ideation And you speak of what? And if so, what brain chemistry is that? What, what, what chemical is being triggered that depresses you to that level? So psychiatrists deal with, uh, I guess, the biochemical aspects of the mind. Right, right. But what I'm saying is um, my, I can, uh, is, you know, expand on behavior and actions of the medication. Mm-hmm. So the dopamine, the serotonin, are extremely low, right? So what I'm saying is that on a normal brain capacity, those chemicals are balanced. Mm-hmm. They're balanced. Serotonin is your feel-good uh, type of, you know, chemical. It's like, oh, I, I feel, I feel happy. I feel, you know, cheerful. Dopamine, I feel, you know, not. I don't feel uh, rigid. I, I feel that I have a flexibility. To relax. You know what I'm saying? Relax to mm-hmm. a certain degree. Um, and you have endorphins. Mm-hmm. Endorphins are also those feel-good chemicals, right? So when there is an interruption with those chemicals, when there's an interruption with those chemicals due to the fact of, of interruptions in the neuron transmitting system of the medication, that is when they start to feel that overwhelming heaviness, uh, overwhelming sadness, hopelessness. Because it affects the ego of the mind. Right? So it affects the conscious, conscious state for that person. So, but 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 idolize. Now understand something. When a person's like, when they're already in a traumatized uh, situation, uh, I believe Viana uh, Robinson mentioned um, a person that has PTSD. Yeah, like a veteran. Yeah. If their mind has already been altered by trauma, this just makes it more inevitable or or life-provoking or life-changing even when those brain chemistry changes occur. So now it's, uh, oh, this is what I'm feeling. But again, there's no rational, there's no reason. You're not saying, well, well, before I took this medication, I wasn't thinking like this. So, no, you just go along with the flow because you think this is already something that's there. So you don't resist it. You don't cipher through it. You don't analyze it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They wanted to analyze something. Well, analyze. 
Mm-hmm. Thoughts create feelings. It's still thinking 
of how you'll feel or how you'll feel shamed, embarrassed, worthless or whatever, how you'll feel and you don't want to feel that and you feel like if you leave then you'll just feel nothingness. And uh, like you were saying also with the with the brain chemistry, any anything that suppresses the, the dopamine, the serotonin and the endorphins, which are usually naturally balanced and would give you a feeling of well being, if an event, a trauma or a thought even suppresses that and you feel bad, then I guess you're not rational because you're you're chemically imbalanced in your brain. And then if you take something and that adds to the suppression of those chemicals, then you're really not rational. You're really not in your right mind. And and, and so when a person's not in their right mind, they don't know they're not in their right mind because they're not in their right mind. But I guess my my question, even in looking at people who – make that decision to end their lives, there has to be a belief of what happens when you're no longer inside this body. Okay, I'm going to leave and then there'll be nothingness. I won't exist. So what happens, I mean, most people grow up with some kind of exposure to some kind of religious beliefs or whatever. Uh, but wouldn't at the core of their belief have to be that really nothing, that you cease to exist once you leave this body? Wouldn't that have to be the the belief or the thought that they have, thinking that well, if I if I just if I just die, then it's all over. Instead of well, I I'm not going to die. I'm going to just be somewhere else. I just won't be in this body. But I'm going to still experience life. I mean, what would have to be the thought when when a person commits suicide of what's going to happen to their consciousness after they're no long, longer inside a body? What has to be the belief in order for them to choose to end their physical existence inside of a body? Because that's really what it is. It's not rational. Think about that. All they think about, all they think about is ending. They, they don't want to. Ending the pain. No more choice. There's not even no more responsibility. And I think uh, Obadiah, is that, is that, I'm sorry, I may be mispronouncing. Yeah, Obadiah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, Obadiah Young. That's right, yeah. Wow. Now, okay. Let me let me address that. Doesn't matter. Suicide is no respect to a person. It doesn't matter how much fame. It doesn't matter how much money. It doesn't matter who is in our life, who's out of our life. We it is a solid mental level. Mm. And the thing about this was, and I, I know I'm saying this to tell 
in a rabbit hole and there's no light, there's no recourse, there's nothing. They can't hear anyone, anything. And remember, it's a free soul confirmation. They think about it previously, how they're going to do it, when they're going to do it. Now, with this person that I'm talking about, she wrote a letter. She wrote a letter. And the thing about this is she didn't have the gun at first. But we took the gun. I had her, I had one of her family members take the gun out of her home. Wow. It was her father's gun. He, she had it since she was a teenager. Now, she was living alone. I was counseling her. I was going to see her, talk to her, counseling her. And she kept telling me, she's like, I don't know if I can make it. Wow. I don't know if I can go on. Now, she had a son, but they didn't have the best relationship. She had two grandchildren that she loved dearly, and her son would always say things like, I don't know if I should let mom see the kids because I don't think mom is mentally healthy. Mm. I don't want her to see the children. So he would tell for her, and I told my dad, you should not do that. So she felt alone. Mm. She, felt, she felt that she couldn't, she said, I can't keep going on like this. I feel that I'm losing myself. Okay, number one thing. A person that is in that ideation loses themselves. Whatever I did, I don't care if they were, they were millionaires. A billionaire just stepped off on a high-rise building just recently. I don't know if you guys heard about that or not. Mm, what city was that? Yeah, he, he committed suicide. He was a billionaire. <laughs> so money is not the answer to everything. No, money is not the answer to nothing. Okay, let's Money is not the answer to everything. And, and that's because, uh, like, Obadiah just said his his friend with the Lexus. You know, would you figure, okay, you got to have some wealth. You bought this fancy car and then you kill yourself? Yeah. So, so what's the rationale of that? You look like you have everything that you can go back to uh, Christmas Kreme. Mm-hmm. Everything that you can imagine. Yeah. She was a beautiful woman. She was yeah. a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah, so the rationale was not there. She didn't see herself as having everything. Whatever was inside of her that was making her sad, that was it. gets stuck in that 
mode of thinking, no one loves me, uh, I would be better off dead, you know, uh, no one would care if I was here. I mean, you, you know, it's like you get stuck in a cycle of thought that creates a sadness, and then the sadness creates more sadness. You start feeding these thoughts of worthlessness and you you can't you can't pull yourself out of it you know you can't pull yourself out of it you are so depressed and whatever you have your possessions or whatever they're not making you feel better and you're just stuck in that mode of feeling worthless and unloved and unhappy and you just want the pain to stop is there anything that can be done to, I don't know, trigger the, the 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 brain chemistry to activate endorphins and and serotonin and dopamine back up to normal levels so that your thoughts could be more uplifting? I guess maybe that's where uh, addictions come in when you're so depressed and you need something to artificially boost those brain chemicals, and so you turn to the drugs, which gives you that temporary high, but then once the drug wears off, you're back down low where you were. So it's that, that, you know, roller coaster up and down and up and down. But don't, how do we learn the skill of mastering our thoughts so that our thoughts can create the uplifting brain chemistry that would would then change our mood and bring us back to rational thought. Is, is that a skill or is that what counselors do in terms of saying the things that would change the thought? I mean, how, how do you stop that cycle of depressed thought that ends in, in, in suicide? Because psychotherapy 
the management goes hand in hand. And even the person that buy a medication management and they have psychotherapy, that their the, the depression is, is so heavy to the point where they can't even think about anything else but the pain. So both of those things go they have to be uh present during that time. Well, I have a question. I have a question about the suicidal person that is trying to avoid what they fear will be physical pain. And maybe this is an ethical question that comes up a lot. When people have an animal friend, a pet, that is going through suffering, they will euthanize them rather than have the animal suffer pain over a long period of time before they finally transition. When, what was the name, Dr. Kevorkian, the one that would start the, the, the assisted suicides, and and then the ethical question comes up, does a person have a, a right to end their life if they believe they're going to experience long-term physical suffering without the hope of getting better do they have the right to choose to end their suffering by suicide? And is that something a physician should uh, assist them with? Just like, you know, people who are on death row, you know, you get an injection of whatever that injection is that stops your heart and then you're gone. So physician-assisted suicides by people who are choosing not to suffer pain is that a choice that, that is based on rational thought of I'm going to suffer physically? I'm choosing not to. I'd rather leave peacefully before the physical trauma to my body is something I'm forced to endure for a long period of time before I finally leave. I'd rather just not experience that. Is that a rational suicidal thought because people say well you know keep hope alive you know you never know when you're gonna get better or they might come up with a cure but they would prefer not to wait in the hopes of that they would prefer to not feel the pain that they're anticipating is that a rational suicide and is that something that you foresee medical uh, practitioners being allowed to do if people feel like they have a right to not physically suffer. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think that they should be able to make decisions on their, on their life. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a tough cookie because, I mean, yeah. I don't believe in suicide. Um, I, I don't believe in suicide when it comes to just ending life. I mean, you know, I, I think things like a person. See, if a person is, is, is maybe they're diagnosed with an illness, um, and maybe they're going to be at the end of their life, they know it, it may be par paralysis, blindness, you know, 
all kinds of things that would be physically difficult to endure. It's not that you couldn't endure it, but you, you know, it it, it might be difficult, or even a lot of physical pain. Um, the the physical suffering in the body. You might have a a, a brain tumor, and it, you know, at some point, it's going to cause you a great deal of physical pain, injury to the spine, or something. Something that's going to create so much nerve damage, you know you're going to be in a lot of physical pain. The only way you're going to be able to survive that is consistent painkillers. But then at, at, if, you, if you believe that you're going to be in such a vegetative state that your family will have to take care of you and you don't want them to suffer or watch you suffer, one might feel that they're making a rational decision to prevent their family from going through the suffering of watching them deteriorate and be in pain. And so I think in a case like, say, with Robin Williams, I think his thought was that he was going to suffer and cause suffering to his family as he went through the stages of this illness. So he believed that, and when that thought was thinking, it would be better if I ended my life. But then in doing that, you're presuming that other people would not be able to deal with your suffering, and you're presuming that you would not be able to deal with your suffering. But then, you know, it's a choice to not go through it one way or another. I mean, do people have a right to make that choice if they say, look, I I just don't want to suffer, or they've diagnosed me with this illness, I know that these are the stages of this illness, I don't want to experience the end stages of it, I'm just going to leave right now while I'm feeling okay, and this is how I want to be remembered. I don't want to be remembered, you know, uh, as a vegetable. I don't want people to remember me that way. I mean, is, is, that, is that a rational suicidal thought? Right. Right. I mean, you know, I, I think that the choice of life and the ending of life inside this physical body, if we're making it for other people, just like you say, abortion, that's a decision that you're making for someone else who's chosen to live, but you've made a decision that you you would prefer them not at this time. Same thing with euthanizing a pet, you know, your cat, your dog. You, you know, you feel like, well, they are physically suffering. I don't want them to suffer. I'm choosing for them not to experience suffering. I'm choosing for them to leave here peacefully. It's like I'm choosing for my child not to be born into a situation that is not prepared to give them the proper nurturing. 
So I'm choosing for them not to experience a painful life that would happen if they were born and there's not going to be the support for them. So those are choices that we're making for other people for what we believe is in their best interest. So why can we not make the decision for ourselves if we believe it's in our best interest and the best interest of other people that we not be suffering? Now, I'm not I'm not advocating suicide. I'm just I'm just looking at all of the sides of it when people make those decisions believing that it's a rational decision based on what they're hoping to prevent other people from experiencing in terms of suffering and believing that this is something they should be allowed to do. And I know that, you know, they talk about doctor-assisted suicides and things like that. I know that this is a very controversial issue uh, in the in the medical industry. You know, and usually medicine and religion clashes when it comes to choosing life or, or choosing to not live because it depends on what you think happens once you exit this body. What are you believing is going to happen once you exit this body? Are you believing that you'll be welcomed home and it will be understood that, you know, you chose not to continue inside this body because it was going to be difficult or it was going to harm someone or whatever the case is going to be? Or are you believing that you just will cease to exist and there will just be nothing? You know, what are you believing is going to happen once you leave here? And I think that has a lot to do with people making what they feel like is a rational decision to exit. And I think if we are able to help people or even have conversations like this where we help people think beyond what happens after I make this decision, what happens to the people who are still here, What's going to happen to me? Where will my consciousness reside once I'm not in this body? And how will I feel if I see the pain that I caused by ending my life? And, you know, what happens if I see that if I had stuck it out, maybe there may have been a cure, there may have been some benefit, and people learning compassion by having to take care of me, that might have benefited them. You know, maybe there are some good things that would have happened if I had chosen to stay and go through this experience, even if it was physically difficult. Um, I don't know. I mean, is there a way to have these conversations about suicide so that people can, number one, see it beyond just, well, I'm just going to end the pain and I'll just be nothing, and, and number two, I am going to see the Im- the impact of how my death, my leaving this physical body through my own hands or, you know, some other means, how that hurt people, maybe if if that understanding is talked about before they get to that, that crisis point, maybe that can trigger a memory of, oh, yeah, we talked about this. Well, no, I shouldn't do this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if once you get to the point of, of irrationality, is it possible to come back to a memory planted somewhere in your past that this is something that would be hurtful to other people that would make people able to grasp onto that and not fall into the depression that makes them decide to, to end their lives. Well, of course. I mean, I think that if, I mean, like, let me talk about what, what I feel deep down inside and, and listen and have a, a be receptive to somebody else's words. Uh, again, suicide is a, is 
the curtain to a time because we see them. We see evidence where uh, they would really be a good host party would be independent. You know what I'm saying? So it just depends on, on just the, the factors, the pressure factors. Um, it will be um, a wonderful thing if we can convince them, oh, you don't have to leave this earth to change things. Mm. Or, you know, let's find out. Let's find another way of doing this. Always a solution. Mm-hmm. No matter what it may seem like. It may seem like everything is falling apart from the seams. And you may feel that, that pressure. But, again, there's always a solution. It's just that you have to wait and seek it. Because I think that's what happens is people that, um, that think suicidal Well, one thing I've seen that one one thing I've seen that that seems to trigger suicide is fear of public shame. Something like someone fearing that they're going to be sent to prison. You know, fearing that they're going to be indicted, publicly shamed, going to prison, maybe even experience abuse in prison. Uh, I know I've, I've known a lot of cases where, you know, someone goes to prison and they're on suicide watch because, you know, they're believing that this person is so depressed they would take their life if they had an opportunity. Isn't I believe that's the reason why they don't give them belts in prison, which started the sag, <laughs> the sagging fashion, but they don't give them belts because they're not, not giving them a a tool to strangle themselves. So, you know, that's why people walking around in baggy pants, and to this day we're seeing people's behind. So just in case you didn't know, that's where that fad came from. So they don't give them belts in prison, so they don't have a means to strangle themselves because that was a very popular means of suicide in prison, and a lot of people tend to be suicidal in prison because that's, that's a horrible experience. You've you got the public shame of going. you got the abuse once you're in there. And then you come out, your life is destroyed. So that's a place where people are often suicidal. And so what the administration does is remove the means whereby you could take your life, such as, you know, a belt, which you could, you know, fix to something and strangle yourself. So uh, what about situations where people are anticipating public shame and so they they – in their lives rather than experience what they believe is going to happen in terms of public shame? Well, uh, again, they just don't want to face reality. <laughs> reality is whatever was created is that we have to live, we got to face. So you don't, make, you don't want to make any more choices. You don't want to um, be, have responsibility for your actions. Uh, none of that. You choose, you choose just not to be a part of it anymore. So when that happens, then you then make a choice to exit, and that's your exit. Mm. That's your exit. That's your exit. Exit is just what it is. It's like I don't want to be a part of it. I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to face anyone. I don't want to explain nothing. None of that. Mm. So that's your. It's an escape. It's an escape. So. That's, that's what happens. So what happens with murder-suicide when people decide that they're going to take their life and it would be better if the whole family was gone? <laughs> and whatever irrational thought that is, is like, I'm going to end my life 
and I'm going to end your lives too so you won't suffer from my death because you're coming with me. I mean, what what is the... <laughs> What is the thought that passes sure through a person like this? <laughs> it's not that simple. No, it, it, so that, what is that? That's a minimum of thought process that person has. Now, think about it. Think about it. I'm taking my life. I've already decided upon that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to live because when I take your life, I'm taking my own mm-hmm. automatically. Right, right. It's an automatic thing, Right. And you do see some every once in a while will go through the process afterwards because they know they're going to jail. Mm. They know they're going to get a death penalty. They know they're going to, okay. And they may say, but those individuals that take life from their own children, their own family, you can execute and you do this on your by your hands. And then you turn around and take your life because you you don't have the the guts, the you face don't have what the you courage, did. <laughs> the face what you've done. You see what I'm saying? You don't want you don't want to face your loved ones. You don't want to face the police. You don't want to do nothing. So you immediately just wipe the slate clean. So here comes this mass suicide of two children and a wife and a, and and the father dead. Okay. We hear that all the time, yeah. don't we? Right. I mean, if he could have just started with himself, maybe that would have at least saved him. Okay, you want to kill everybody right in the house out. and yourself? Okay, you go first. <laughs> you know, because then everybody else would still be alive. So I think it's an energy behind that, to be honest with you. I think it's a very negative energy yeah. behind that that will literally take the 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 you know, the mind, the, the, the rationale, the reasoning of that human being where they, again, like a, uh, it's called threat mode, okay? They're in threat mode, and that threat mode becomes so intense to the point where it is a vacuum, and it's walking, breathing, time, mind. So, time, mind, not just line or area, it's a mind because it explodes deep down inside that person, and then now we have all of these, the the pain, the pain that's suffered by the families. I mean, there's somebody left over in the family, okay? You know, we see this, we see this quite often. It may be like a child or something like that who managed to survive, but everybody else is dead, and I've seen those situations where the intention was to kill everybody in the family, Maybe a child survived the gunshot wound or whatever, but they're traumatized for life, you know, because they live through that. We we got a caller on the line, and if you're on our switchboard now and, and you know, have a question or comment for Dr. Debbie, press 1, and we will um, take your call. we got a few more minutes left, and let me go, if I may, to area code 773-450. You are live on Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. Please give us your question or comment, please. Grand Rising. Grand Rising. Everybody doing? You're wonderful. Yeah, well, you know, I just brought up the suicide thing because in my case, my friend, we went to college together, and he was the most successful of us. He was the head of Cook County Hospital, over Provident Hospital, and he was a great guy. He was a guy that didn't use drugs, he didn't drink. He was really an unusual person. 
But then I saw him that day. He was walking across the street. I started to just stop my car and pop out and say, hey, man, what's up? But I just didn't do it. Then I hear two days later, he had shot himself in here in Upper Michigan. He had all these different properties. He had a property downtown. He had a property out in Upper Michigan. He had all these material things. But later on, years later, I found out he had got caught up with some people, and they were all going to go to jail on a federal crime. So he mm-hmm. didn't want to do it. He really just committed suicide. I thought if I had reached him, I would have at least told him, man, it's just a few years in jail. I'll visit you, whatever. But he couldn't figure any way out, so he took the easy way. But the sad part about suicide, I know, is because uh, a young man, I know he he ended up overdosing and stuff, and his mama and his grandmother, they've been sick for the last two months because he's dead. Hey, they had all this hope for him. He's a young man with all this talent. And, and, you know, I had talked to him, so he was getting back in his pathway, but he didn't have anybody to help him. They couldn't get to me quick enough to talk to him the next time around, so it just it was overwhelming. Drugs took his life. But well, I would say to everybody, I would just say to everybody, life, life is a gift. You should live, learn, and, and you should be about betterment. Find out who you are. You're not just here to make money. You're here to change lives and make things different if you find out who you are. Well, that's the challenge. If you find out your gifts and talents and your real reasons for being here, you can help numerous people because we're all tied together as one. Matter of fact, it's so serious, I can't even drive by somebody in a bad situation without at least saying something to them. See, in church, a lot of times they talk about sinners and those that are straight and need to save. That makes no difference. At the end of the day, when you see people in trouble, you should care just even if they don't care. And we don't have that in society. We have competition. I'm better than you. I look cuter than you. I got more money than you and all this other crazy stuff. But until we stop and look at each other in the mirror as though we're the same people, we're going to have all these problems. But Remember, there are some of us that are already making changes, so we're just going to keep doing what we're doing until the next paradigm. Sure appreciate you all. Keep doing what you're doing. I got to listen because there's nowhere else to go. Absolutely. Well, thank you so thank much, you. Obadiah. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Debbie, what would you say to Obadiah to help him deal with feelings of guilt if I had just been able to talk to Because a lot of people, that happens every time someone commits suicide, their loved ones, the friends, the family, everybody says, oh, if I had just said this, or if I had just said that, and feeling like they could have prevented it, but maybe that person was already of the mindset, and no matter what you said, they had made that choice. How do you, how do you help somebody, how do you help survivors of suicide of someone else overcome feelings of guilt? Well, um, we say this in the psychological world that suicide is a selfish thing. And most of all, even if you were there, that does not mean that they would not do it. They may delay it to another time but and not do it in front of you. Because I don't know if the young man was by himself or whatever the case is, but um, that that doesn't mean that they're not going to do it. Um, Sometimes 
you know, we can we can interrupt the suicide. And you'd be surprised that you you never know when it's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. they don't often, again, it's not something that people, they go around, they may say vaguely, oh, I'm, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow. Y'all going to look at me. I'm not going to be here. And you're like, okay. Uh, and you don't know what that means uh, until they do it. Yeah. Right, right. So love is one of those things that is very, uh, it's, 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 it's a wonderful thing to have considering that. And so how do you... How do you express love to a person that doesn't want to live anymore? Mm. How do you express that? I mean, so you, uh, you, you I think so. If you were like in this midst, just say, "Hey, man, I love you." Not like, "Oh, why are you doing this? You ain't got no reason to do this." Blah blah blah. Now that they're not thinking rational like that. Yeah. What they're thinking is that they have no other means. To deal with this thing. To, to avoid this thing they don't want to live through. Yeah. They feel all alone. So when you express that that hand out, it's like it's a hand out, but it's also a hand up. Mm-hmm. Hey, you ain't got to go through this alone. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're going through, I just want to let you know I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to do everything in my power, you know what I'm saying, to let you know that you have a support system. Yeah. And I know that you may not be thinking that at this very moment. And it may seem like there's no other recourse, that you have no other choice but to do what you got to do. But that's not the answer. That's not the answer. Someone cares. Someone loves you. And I want I want you to stay here. I want you to stay here and let's work through this. Let me help you work through this. Let me even seek resources to help you. But just don't give up on me helping you. Yeah. So now you you take it from that platform instead of trying to get them to rationale or trying to get trying to talk them out of it. No, you you just you wanna just be there in the moment. Yeah. You know? I, I'll I'll go through this with you. You're not by yourself. You know, we can get whatever, through this together. Yeah, whatever you're going through. Yeah. And you won't even have to talk about what it is that you're trying to run away from. I just want to let you know that if you just give me, just give me a chance. You ever seen a, a story that when uh, somebody's trying to talk somebody down off a ledge? Yeah. You know okay, it's the same process. Yeah. You're negotiating with them. You're not telling them, hey, you don't have to do this. Uh, so and so and so. No, you, you, you're getting their mind away from the thought of taking their life. So you're throwing what they call a, a hope rope. A hope rope. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're throwing a hope rope. That hope rope says, I care enough about you to stand here and support you even in your pain. Yeah. Even in your pain. Yeah. And, 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 and know this, it's not going to just stay here. This is only temporary. Yeah. I know it looks like it's been going on for years and years and years, and that's only because you've been feeding the seed. You've been watering yeah. the seed. Yeah. You've been taking care of the seed. You never thought about changing, you know, another thought process. And because you didn't know there was another thought, press, thought process to change. So let me help you. Let me help you rescue you from this right here, yeah. you know. Yeah. We got another- then, I mean, that's, that's the way you have to talk to them. Right. Yeah, we got another caller. We might be able to squeeze in before we go. Uh, seven seven three seven three seven. Your mic is open. Give us your name. 
And where you're from in your comments for Dr. Debbie Green. Hallelujah. Greetings. This is Mama D from Chicago. Hey, uh, Mama Grand Rising. You know, uh, suicide is considered negative. But when other people pull the plug and make the decision for you, mm. that's not considered negative. It's like you said what you do to an animal when you think that um, they should be uh, suffering and you make the decision for them. But making the decision for yourself, uh, that's interesting. Uh, There was a movie, I think the name of it was Solid Green, and the government decided uh, about going home. Basically, it was elderly people, and they had this beautiful uh, last image uh, of when you were going home. So it was like a beautiful experience. But at the end of the day, the the bodies of the people going home was used uh, to make food Ooh, for people yeah. to eat. I remember now, that movie very vividly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and no wonder. When they use uh, uh, compost and they, <laughs> that's, I don't know. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling uh, with that. You know, was it a, a good thing uh, when somebody dies and you use their body parts to help prolong life of living people? Um, well, that's another thing. You know, and that's, and, uh, a, that's yeah, one of the that, that's another thing. That but I I wanted to add this also. You were you were saying about uh, the violence of abortion, not a woman's choice because she is she's a trinity. She's part living sperm, living egg, and living what the two created a living soul. So. Um, that's like uh, you're killing the family, but you're not killing yourself. And I had never thought of that connection until this morning when you were talking about when people take themselves out and everybody else has to go along with them. Mm. But uh, that's the kind of suicide because it's a, it's breathing. It's a living soul, and you decide that you're going to stop it from Breathing, and that's an act of violence. Mm. So what do you think? Well, you know, Mama D, uh, we got one more call, and thanks for thanks for uh, uh, reminding us that even of people who have to choose to pull the plug on somebody, because uh, I had a friend who recently, you know, his mother was ill, and she said, "Don't put me on life support because I don't want to put you through the trauma of having to decide to take me off." So you know that's. That I think that was sensitive on her part because that is a thing that you end up choosing. We got one more caller so you can squeeze in. Four zero seven seven zero one. Introduce yourself and give us your question or comment for Dr. Debbie. Grand rising sisters, you all um, have just been so um, healing and enlightening today. I'm I'm just grateful for you. This is Beata, your uh, Friday morning host uh, for health and well being and and. Um, Thank you so much for another great show. 
Um, and I want to just invite um, our audience, our audience, to my show tomorrow. I have a special guest. He's an alchemist and a medicine man. And we're going to talk about how to stay healthy on a budget with healthy infections. Yes, I said healthy infections because uh, we're going to take the fear out of germs tomorrow. So hope you join me tomorrow, Health and Wellbeing with Viata, right here on The Female Solution. And everybody have a great day. Go out there and get some sun. We need some sun. That might uh, prevent more suicides if yeah. people get out in the sun. <laughs> Yeah, Thank get those endorphins going and, and, and boost that dopamine. and, and Yes, yes. yes. We All need. right. Well, thanks so much, Viata. We will see you tomorrow on the Female Solution. Last words, Dr. Debbie, before we go. All right. Um, at the sound of my voice, I just want to, again, to reach out to individuals and their families. Please pay attention to your loved ones. When people are shutting down quite often, when, they have, when they're doing changes that's odd, um, when they are not, you know, allowing themselves to communicate with you effectively, um, and odd behavior, odd behavior, pay attention to, um, and love. Let them know that they have someone. Let them know that it's it's not about what they think you are, but what you are to them. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, be that support, you know, be that leaning post if necessary. You never know when one's mind is shutting down. You have no idea. It doesn't give us a sign. It doesn't mm. give us a symbol. It doesn't make noise. It's a solid killer. That's what it is. Suicide is a silent killer. So I, ju- I just want to express to you, to if you have had thoughts of ending your life, know this, that there are solutions. You know, you are loved. You are cared for, even if you don't feel it. But if you take the time to just love yourself a little bit more each day, you will start seeing a big difference. And don't let life make you.